Only a 12th level intellect has the slightest hope of surviving what you are about to experience. I had a thought, um, you know the game uh, Six Degrees of Separation, from like Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? You yeah, know it's about? like um, if you look at all your mutual friends, almost everyone is six friends away from someone else, whether yeah, that be Kevin, Kevin Bacon or anybody, but usually right, it's Kevin right. Bacon because he's in so many <laughs> Usually movies. Kevin Bacon, yeah. yeah. So I thought you could probably do the same thing with Phil Lamar, um, just because of how many <laughs> cartoons and movies he's been in. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought of I thought of one example at least. Um, if you actually put me on the spot, I might not be able to do it. But I thought of a um, so I can I can go, you can go from Hugh Jackman to Phil Lamar pretty easily. Um, Hugh Jackman is in X Men Two hmm. with whoever the guy is that plays Stryker in that movie. I don't know his name. <laughs> the, you know who I'm talking about? The old guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that. Old, the old guy that plays Stryker is in um, Super Troopers 2, which okay. just came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and That's right. in Super Troopers 2, he's in Super Troopers 2 with Will Sasso, who was on Mad TV with Phil Lamar. So I did in five. You did in five. Nice. <laughs> I can do it in two. So oh, I, yeah. um, I, do a, uh, I do a podcast with this guy named James Strecker, who happened to meet oh, Phil Lamar wow. at the Emerald City Comic Con. And Maddie Washburn, oh. coincidentally. <laughs> That's so true. I can I can make this route <laughs> all, in two yeah. different directions here. I don't care how far away you are from Phil. <laughs> no one cares. Well, about I guess you, that Ted. means you have no degrees of separation. From <laughs> yeah, him. I do. Yeah. <laughs> He's he. I talk to him every day. He's my pen pal. There's a podcast. Uh, I don't know if we can link to it on on this podcast, but there's an interview on our channel with Phil Lamar. <laughs> yeah. You it's should listen to it now. This, these parts, find it. <laughs> the search bar is your friend. <laughs> um hey everybody welcome back to another episode of the 12th level intellects this is a something podcast hosted by the watchtower database we haven't mm-hmm. quite figured out what the, <laughs> what the genre it, is it's yet. like a geeky variety show about <laughs> yeah, mainly much. dc comics but we it doesn't have a lot stuff. of me dropping my pants but if you stick around it might happen from time <laughs> to time well good thing um, it's audio so <laughs> yeah. nobody has to see that <laughs> Um, which is it's happening right now, yeah. (laughs) Ted can see it, but no one else gets to and get the pleasure of doing so. Oh, god, James, Um, put that away, put that away. Come on, this is my phone. Uh, (laughs) so we have our first images from um, Wonder Woman 2. I don't know if you saw those, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are two images. Yeah, there's a Steve Trevor standing in some kind of like 80s jumpsuity looking leather jacket kind of spiel, mm-hmm. um, which I guess means he found his way into some kind of time portal or something. Yeah, or or it's his son, because they did yeah, that. Yeah, but I hate that. They did that in the 70s Wonder Woman show, though. Like the first know, season, yeah, Sudden World War II, the and then he jumped to yeah. the 70s, and it's the same actor same who plays actor, his son. Yeah. It so. would be a good callback to that, but I just don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to like it. It seems like what that's what they're doing. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, maybe. And there's uh, just another one of Wonder Woman standing in front of a bunch of very colorful TV screens. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, I think, has the girl from Vacation that's in the red car on it. Um, nice. It's just a bunch of 80s looking stuff. It's very yeah. psychedelic. And Do you so think we... that they're going off the like Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, oh, everyone likes 80s stuff. We should uh, probably do that. 
I mean, maybe only a little bit. Um, I think they're going more for like they want to do commentary on the Cold War and stuff like yeah. that, and like kind of U.S. relations and just or the, that's just a spy. Perk of copying Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, but Thor Ragnarok didn't go into like <laughs> the okay. Cold War issues yeah, like that. I don't know, but it's yeah, 80s. <laughs> I mean, it's eighties. Like, it's not even. It's it's not set it's a, in the eighties. Like it just Gordon has like. I don't know. Yeah, like the, um, I guess the humor of Thor Ragnarok was kind of 80s inspired. And like, obviously the music, um, it played Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song all the time. I guess neither of those movies are actually set in the 80s. so it's Except Wonder Woman is. A... They're calling yeah, it Wonder yeah. Woman 1984. Yeah. And it is um, co-written by Patty Jenkins, who directed and wrote the, well, I think she had a hand in writing the first movie. Yeah, um, I think so. And then Jeff Johns is also writing it with her. And uh, that Kristen segues Wiggins into my Cheetah, news, as we know. Yes, um, yes. And then, um, oh, I, I read something about another person who was cast. Makes Pedro me think, Pascal. That's right. In an unknown <laughs> role. Yeah. Do you know? Um, I'm gonna look him up real quick. Yeah, he's, he's in, in Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. He's the Oberon, you raped right? her. You killed her children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oberon, right? Um, and he's also in Westworld. He oh, yeah, could yeah. be Doctor Psycho. That could be good casting. Uh, Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's my theory. I, I wonder if it'll be a, um, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Scott, um, what the hell? Scott Free? His dad. Mr. Miracle? No. No. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he'll be, well, he Because he be. has Oberon, know. Oberon cool, the dwarf uh, guy. No, I'm thinking of, uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> no, we're kind of stretching it here. <laughs> what, what the hell is the guy? I the, know what you're talking about, Scott. Do you feel lucky, punk? I'm so mad that I can't think of his name. Is this name. a Wonder Woman villain? Who are you thinking of? No, the <laughs> actor. Who's the actor uh, in Dirty uh, Harry? Oh, my God. Uh, what is his name? Not Clint. <laughs> it's not Clint Eastwood. Yes, Clint Eastwood. Okay, his Scott, son is Scott his Eastwood. His son. Is he? Yeah, so he I wonder if it'll be a situation squad. like that where we think oh, he will be yeah, in yeah. a really like cool role, but then he's just a random soldier that does nothing and dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe he's Nightwing. Not. Ugh. <laughs> no um yeah i think i think uh pascal's gonna end up being dr psycho but they um yeah said in the 80s cold war stuff i i still mm-hmm. think that maybe steve trevor could be revealed to be john jones and maybe like the martian manhunter is mm-hmm. kind of involved in this that, that'd be kind of cool so like but... he comes back with no explanation and then and then later he's the whole movie learn. like yeah I, I made it uh, i don't know <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> i didn't here. age but here i am <coughs> um Maybe you found the Fountain of Youth or something after you survived Lazarus World War One. Yeah, something, anything <laughs> like that. The, my plane crashed into a Lazarus pit that was right outside the airport. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a very soft landing. Yeah. <laughs> Spoosh. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but that's, that looks like it's going to be a really good movie. I'm excited for that one. comes out in yeah. November 2019. I like how all the uh, promotional things just say WW84. Like mm-hmm. World War eighty four is all I think every time I see that. Yeah, <laughs> World War Z with Wonder <laughs> Woman. She would have put a stop to those zombies a lot quicker. I think probably she probably would have. Yeah, unless she became a zombie. That's a pretty formidable zombie. All right, what's your next? What's your thing? <laughs> so Jeff Johns, like a, like I just said, he's writing Wonder Woman two with Patty Jenkins. Um, but he just announced a few days ago, as of the recording of the podcast, it would have been probably a week ago when this airs. Um, that he is leaving his position as the chief creative officer yep. at DC. 
uh, Jim Lee, who is uh, one of the um, publishers at DC, and obviously he's known for his art on Batman Hush mm-hmm. and books like that. <clears throat> Jim Lee is taking over um, Jeff John's CCO duties. And so that doesn't mean a whole lot in the reshuffling there. Um, we have another piece of news in a second that might mean a little more. But um, <laughs> Jeff Johns left his position, and now he's going to be more of a writer-producer, which is awesome because I've always loved his writing when he's actually there um, in the meat of things. Yeah. Um, so he it's announced that, yes, he's co-writing Wonder Woman 2. Um, he's also going to be a writer-producer on the Green Lantern Corps movie, which will definitely be starring Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, the both of them in a buddy cop. Okay, I thing. didn't see that part. That's cool. Yeah, it's totally confirmed. So I just saw the thing about it being based on his on yes, Jeff John's work or whatever. Which is yeah. awesome. So that means it'll probably introduce the the entire emotional color spectrum, maybe even getting the blackest night and stuff like that yeah they might as well go super like freaky with it because mm-hmm. the the you know the 2011 is that when it was made the the ryan reynolds one yes. was very restrained and just like oh yeah. no one wants a comic book movie that's weird yet um but yeah, now yeah everyone just wants only that so <laughs> <laughs> well and jeff johns was on that movie in a very uh it's more like executive producer sort of role yeah. like i think he had his hand in the script but i don't think he ultimately got to really push. Yeah, I mean, we had the He's, the more yeah. reserved, like X Men and Spider Man movies at at the other places, mm-hmm. and then we had like the Dark Knight, and we didn't have really anything else to like sure. give you a an understanding of where people were at with that. Mar- um, the Marvel Studios so yeah. stuff was still very new. Like even the yeah. the first Avengers hadn't even. I mean, right. that's it was a just year the later. First couple of solo movies. So yeah, the. There's there wasn't I'm sure that they you know if they would have just been I, I did all the the best parts of that movie of the Green Lantern movie are when they're on Oa and mm-hmm. you see all the other Green Lanterns and all the buildings and weird yeah. mountains and, Mark and stuff Strong like that. Strong as Sinestro, that's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a great casting choice. Um, but yeah, they should just cast him again. <laughs> they should, but he's going to be in the DCEU as a uh, Doctor Savannah in the Shazam. Oh, you're movie. right, you're right. Yeah, yeah so he's already. He can be both. For. Everybody can be Jean Claude <laughs> as each other. There you go. He's he plays every every character. <laughs> so like the DC is so weird. Stand uh, <laughs> um anyway, so yeah, Jeff Johns, it's that's really exciting news. I bet he brings in Krona and like the beginning of the universe and stuff like that. And yeah. um yeah, it should be really cool. Even if it's just like name drops of like, oh that we don't talk about that or something. Mm-hmm. Well, the second half of that news is he's also going to be writing more comic books, which is awesome Mm. because um, right now he's just been on Doomsday Clock, which has been a really good read, but it's, um, you know, I've kind of missed him on other books. So it's taken its time. (laughs) Yeah. Even like right before Rebirth, like that's kind, it was about two years ago. That's when Jeff Johns became the CCO at DC and like Diane Nelson and some other people at DC kind of put pressure on him to be like, if you're going to be the CCO, you can't be writing all these comic books every month because oh, okay. he was doing justice league you and can't do the thing that you're good at. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was doing justice league, the Superman. he had his run on Superman and I feel like he had one more book. Maybe it was Batman earth one, but or the Shazam backup. I don't know, but he was very busy right as he took that job. And then they made him like agree to do no more than two books at a time. <laughs> so I'm glad he's doing uh he's bringing Shazam back. He's going to do a Shazam series, um, which he and Gary Frank, the team behind doomsday clock did a Shazam backup book 
um, during their during the Justice League run of the New Fifty Two. Mm. So it was around the time Trinity War came out, but there was a, a little backup story and all the issues of like a new origin for Shazam. So uh, it seems like it's gonna be a continuation of that. Now he's twelve children. Maybe, <laughs> probably not. I think it's gonna be the same kids he introduced. Them, but um, he's also doing a three Jokers book right um, okay with jason fabuk which is awesome jason fabuk is the artist who did um the first issue of the button um with batman and the right. flash mm-hmm. the watchman crossover uh he's he's done some really awesome stuff i know he worked on the justice league book for a minute too when jeff johns was writing it i think it was the amazo uh, virus storyline um but Jason Fabok is one of DC's best artists right now, so that's awesome that he's going to be on the Did Joker Jim book. Lee do one of those uh, button issues, like the second one um, or something? Maybe you might be thinking cover. of Jason Fabok. Yeah, he did that cover of yeah, the weird, like, hold the thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that might have been, or that could have been Jason Fabok, though. They, they <laughs> okay, actually kind of have a know. similar style. Um, reminds me a little bit of Tony Daniels' artwork, too, and Tony um, has been doing the Batman book. Tony Danza? Tony, yeah, not Tony Danza. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so that's Jeff Johns. Exciting, exciting stuff. He's making. Was things. that your combination of news's numbers two through four? Like, did you just put all that into one chunk for me? No, you, that was that was still? news piece one. Yeah, I've got two more pieces of news. Oh my god. Well, let me let me jump. Yeah, in. you do yours. <laughs> uh, did you? Were you going to talk about Ben Affleck again? No. <laughs> okay. Never. Never if I don't have I mean, to. It, <laughs> it goes back and forth so much of whether he's in or out of the thing, and I guess there oh, yeah, was he's a, out uh, again, right? The Batman movie, yeah. Um, oh. I guess there was a uh, Jeff Johns. Um, oh no, Matt Reeves is, is doing the Batman movie. Yeah, but I'm just trying to figure out who said this because uh, there's just a quote um, about it being a younger version of Batman in the what? script. That, I read no, something. Oh, I don't know. I don't know okay. about that. It just says I just know that there the rumor is that there's just going to be a new actor to play him and not Ben Affleck. That's what um, it seems like again. Yeah, I've heard those rumors. Yeah, again. I mean that's been <laughs> going around for a little while, but I think it was some. I can't find the exact who said it, but there's some mm-hmm. quote that's just likely with a new actor to play the Cape Crusader. I, I actually just says. rewatched the Justice League movie uh, yesterday. Uh, uh-huh. And I would not be upset if they recast. <laughs> yeah, the, I that, really I uh-huh. liked him in despite uh, his murderousness in yeah. Batman v Superman. But there's something about the Justice League movie. I I was hoping I would like it better watching it a second time, and it just didn't happen. But anyway, but no, yeah. <laughs> I gave. It I have only shot. watched it twice, and it was like back to back in in a two day period mm-hmm. when it came out to hope that i liked it better the second time uh, but i didn't really no yeah and months later now it doesn't hold up for me yeah. but. the original uh beatles come together came on the radio the other day <laughs> nice and i and i was just like crying because it's so much better <laughs> it could have been so much better <laughs> oh. um well another piece of news i had was about dc's streaming service called dc universe we talked a little bit about that last episode the kind of content that they're putting out um, but it is officially going to be released in August of 2018. So okay, two cool. months from now. Yeah. Um, Did you say something that it was, they also said for sure it was going to have all the backlog of cartoons yes. and stuff? Yeah, yeah. They're trying to get all the um, backlog okay. of TV animation. So that means all the Good. DCAU stuff is probably going to be there. Um, first few seasons, <laughs> Young Justice, maybe even Super Friends. I don't know how far back it's going to go, but... 
if it's, they don't um, put just S awesome. literally everything, they're wrong. I think they're, they're trying <laughs> to. I really think they're trying to. So that's, that's so cool. Um, they are also going to... It's kind of supposed to be like a one-stop place for all things DC. So they're okay. also doing um, comics on there. And I don't know how hmm. like that's going to mesh together, but that's something we'll see in two months. We're turning every comic into a motion comic. We're going to hire a bunch of really bad actors to do the voices. And... I hope not. <laughs> I hope it's something like Comixology with the guided view, but I don't yeah, know how that probably... would work on like a TV thing or if like you have an app that you put on Roku or smart TV or whatever mm. and it's just the video stuff without the comics on that I have no idea yeah. that's just speculation but we will I see I mean if it's like a Xbox app kind of deal or something you could probably make your way through a comic pretty easily yeah just um, have to press a button every time you want to change yeah. panels or that'd pages. be pretty cool it'd be a lot bigger than you see it on your phone for mm -hmm. sure <laughs> Yeah. Except you can just hold your phone as close to your face well, as you want. And you can read on your phone because uh, you'll be able to get the app on your phone. <laughs> That's true. You can do whatever you want. You can probably get the app a anywhere. Finally, a world where we can have all our pretty okay DC content whenever we want. Yeah. Well, it'll have all the good stuff there's up there, some too. great. There's some great stuff in mm -hmm. there. I'm just being pessimistic. Well, Classic we'll James. We'll see when it comes out. Uh, last last thing. Do you have another yeah. one? I got no, one more. You, here's I got the deal. too much. You're going to say what your next thing is while I let my cat out of this room, and then I'll come back and I'll pretend like I heard what you said. Okay. And that's why Batman's actually well, that not Bruce Wayne. What you said there, oh, even though what? I know you just said Because <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> okay. So AT&T is, uh, they just bought out Warner Brothers, Time Warner. Um, so AT&T mm -hmm. is now the new uh, new owner of Batman and all things DC and all things That's been, that's been in the works for a while, hasn't for it? For like a it's... long time, yeah. And actually, the Trump administration, their Justice Department, has been investigating the merger to, <laughs> to decide whether or not it's uh, constitutional and legal. We so. don't want Batman to go to a phone company. <laughs> that would be Batman, wrong. Batman should be on our administration. I wanted him for the cabinet. <laughs> I, uh... Vote below for who has the worst Trump impression. <laughs> the answer is both of us. It's both of us. <laughs> um, yeah, so that happened, um, which is great for me because I bought uh, one stock in Time Warner uh, a few months ago when I heard the Justice <laughs> Department was investigating them. And, and now you're it a kind of went down. It went up by $8. Oh, oh yeah, I'm eight dollars richer. That's almost as much as I pay you for this YouTube channel. <laughs> um, but yeah, now now we have that. Now we have a, a world where AT and T owns Batman, and I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, I, hopefully, it won't really matter in the long run. But if I uh, if this happened in like the mid '90s, there would be a ton of just. Like uh, Michael Keaton looking Batman, like swinging through AT&T commercials and stuff. <laughs> like he would make his way. They would just, what's yeah. that? Danger? Oh, good <laughs> thing I have AT&T. I can call Batman. And, then, and, and yeah. then he picks up the big red phone that they have in the yeah. Adam West version. And it's just like, dur, 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 but, like dial up yeah, internet but, tones. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> and it just yeah. like, takes Your forever. could not be completed as dialed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they would mess it up because it would be like a big red 60s Batman phone with... <laughs> an actor that sort of looks like Michael Keaton 
in a Michael Keaton costume, but then they'd get like Kevin Conroy to do to the do voice, the voice. Over for yes. it. <laughs> Since they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> uh... <laughs> well, maybe that'll happen anyway. Maybe we'll we just have to wait. It'll be a Ben Affleck Batman, and he'll just. I don't know. He'll throw the phone out the window because he's so angry. If there's even a one percent chance that this is a, a telemarketer, we have to take that's an absolute certainty. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's. I guess that's pretty much it. Unless you had more to say. No, about I. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. Good for them. I guess. Uh, yeah. So I. I I guess our main topic today is it's a little bit vague, but we were talking about doing maybe. Um, dcau like characters and stories and properties that could be adapted into movies like whether they would succeed if they were adapted into movies or what what we'd like to see adapted into movies but also into comics i think you suggested well i was going to talk a little bit about how the dcau has already influenced movies and comics Mm -hmm. because there's definitely stuff that started in these cartoons that um carried on to the mainstream world yeah, I'd say it for sure has like kind of set the tone or the set the bar for mm-hmm. um like what the characters are supposed to be, I think. And I I think um like I I feel that way about them just cuz like we grew up with those versions of the characters, but I think for a lot of modern writers even if they're, you know, twice our age, they probably they still kind of reference those 90s cartoon versions because they're like the most yeah you've described as like the most pure versions of the characters Mm -hmm. like they they combine the best aspects of of you know superman of the joker of blah 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 and and they're iconic nowadays and yeah and uh we kind of had the luxury of seeing this universe (coughs) um grow and evolve you know Mm -hmm. and as you've seen in the watchtower database we're all about categorizing yeah, just a little bit yeah. yeah finding those the timeline and everything um what how what would you say our timeline goes into like the main like crux of content from like batman the animated series through justice league unlimited is probably 92 to 2007 ish yeah if we go all the way to like the return of the joker yeah flashback so that's yeah. like 15 years present, of, yeah. sto- <laughs> yeah. of superhero like of a universe right there of <laughs> yeah. real time in that world. And then obviously it goes all the way to Batman beyond in uh, the early 2040s. So right. that's, that's a big world. Um, and so it makes sense that it would inspire uh, the, the comic books and everything else. Yeah. It yeah. is unique that the DCAU has like a beginning and end that you can date like to an extent because mm-hmm. the, I mean, it's a little, it's a little uh, ambiguous on either end, but it's, like you know, a good chunk of time that has a flow from start to finish in in in, in a sense, and versus like most comics, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they try to like keep the status quo forever, and then if something happens, they'll reboot the universe and just continues in this same like Superman's always like thirty mm-hmm. something ish, you know. Sometimes um, they'll reference events like oh that thing that happened a year ago, you know, yeah, or, like stuff like that. Um, like I'm reading the new Fifty Two Justice League line right now, and they they do a good job of continuously referencing like oh when the Justice League formed five years ago, six mm-hmm. years ago, etc. Um, but right. they. The new fifty two yeah, world's a lot smaller in terms of yeah, the link mm-hmm. there. Because like you said, like League formed five years ago 
from the present. Batman might have been around 10 years ago from the present just because yeah, not of the lot, whole yeah. Robin stuff that happened there, like trying to explain why Damian Wayne could still be there despite the universe. Right, being, yeah, because so. he starts out like the police are still like, oh, this weird Batman figure that we don't know if he exists, but then he's immediately in the Justice League. Right. Stuff, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a little strange, though. And then they've even gone on to rebirth by saying Dr. Manhattan stole 10 years of right that so that's all a little complicated but even in like pre-flashpoint times that was kind of like the status quo of like the modern day dcu around then was like they've been operating 15 to 18 years or something Mm -hmm. like that like like batman had been around that long and like maybe the justice league has only been around 10 years or something but still they uh, which is kind of similar to where we end in jlu um and the same sort of like everyone's been experienced enough and like the mm-hmm. world like we've kind of um seen the world evolve where we have heroes all over the globe and um that's ultimately where the dcu gets to um yeah. which i think is really cool it's a lot of people are, have the have the viewpoint of like oh batman the animated series is kind of its own separate thing from the rest of it and i kind of i understand that like I think literally it's not like it's definitely it's all a continuation mm-hmm. of each other and all this stuff. Uh, it, it is such a different like style of show and and um, you know just the way technology advances or the way that everything looks kind of forties and gangsters and everybody's using Tommy guns and stuff. It is it is kind of its own little yeah. thing if if they wanted it to be and I and I think because of that um, everything else feels maybe a little bit quick to of how quickly it develops i guess Mm -hmm. because like new batman adventures is only like two years later and he's already there's magic and and then there's there's demons and there's all this stuff going on and then superman there's aliens there's superpowers there's all this stuff and it like kind of just snowballs over the those couple years till the justice league forms like really quickly from from just like him (laughs) punching gangsters that doesn't bother me too much because we see that happen all the time like even in the marvel cinematic universe it's like as soon as aliens are introduced it's it's snowballs you know and like we've made it all the way here to infinity war where we have magic we have aliens we have this whole world of stuff (laughs) and and it's almost like it's kind of once the floodgates (laughs) open these universes like there's nothing they can well, do and to... like tony stark will like yeah. point that out though like oh what's happened like there's yeah. so much crap now but it's like opening no pandora's DCAU box questions. is really the metaphor and you're reading the new 52 stuff so you're all about pandora's box right now but it's that's really what it yeah. is it's like you open that it's like well now we have aliens now we have magic yeah okay yeah. that's the world we live in we didn't know that before <laughs> but now we do <laughs> i'm trying to think if we ever have a line from batman or flash or somebody that says like like oh you know I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't expecting all of this stuff to just happen I can't I can't <laughs> think of anything I guess maybe just when Superman appears that's kind of like the mm-hmm. oh there's aliens now we have to accept that <laughs> yeah so. yeah yeah uh, that's really that's what it takes and yeah. I do like that the DCAU compared to the comics that existed before it um, is like. You know, when Batman was create <clears throat> was created, he was just his own thing. There's mm-hmm. just Batman, and then Superman's his own thing. There's Superman. Everybody's their own thing. And then, when, but once they start combining them, they start like the the writers reveal to you that oh, this was all taking place in the same universe. How interesting! Now they can be together and stuff. Versus the DCAU 
didn't intend to do that from the start, but as soon as they brought in Superman, mm-hmm. it was just like established within the first episode. Yeah, Batman's in here because like Martha says, like, oh, that nut in Gotham City or whatever. So like it's purposefully, yeah, that you know, that we're going to bring them together at some point and bring right. in Aquaman and Flash and Green Lantern and all that stuff. Um, so it's it's a different like approach, a different method to instead of just it happening to all. Oh, everybody's here. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> so, I yeah. do like that. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that too. It's a slow reveal of the world. Yeah. yeah, and that's I think what made it so interesting is as it kept going on, we kept learning more about the universe. Um, yeah, I guess I can talk a little bit about how it directly influenced the comic books around the time it was out. Um, I wanna yeah. I wanna mention costumes first because right. yeah, there are a few. Yeah, there's a lot of characters who basically like their DCAU costumes got directly um Which became their put, costumes in the yeah, comics. Yeah, in the comic yeah. books. So, um one of the first ones was probably Supergirl. They took her mm-hmm. uh Superman the anime series look with the, like the the blue jean skirt and the um the the white right. midriff or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the boots. Um but the weird thing about it was that was like the Matrix Supergirl from the 90s. That was like the oh, weird yeah, yeah purple plasma alien thing it's really complicated um actually that might have even been like the fallen angel version of supergirl which might have been the same as the matrix supergirl (laughs) if you know this is like one of the few things that dc that like confuses the heck out of me um supergirl and hawkman (laughs) if you can explain to me 90s supergirl and 90s hawkman i will give you i don't know what you'll get (laughs) i'll give you my best donald trump (laughs) impression yeah (laughs) um yeah so supergirl got her costume um when after infinite crisis dc did a one year later jump um which is another cool instance of their timeline kind of but that was a Mm -hmm. way to give all the creative teams kind of a fresh start to make their own status quo um, and so Tim Drake got a new costume with the red leggings and everything. Mm. So it was the same color scheme as the new Batman Adventures, where it's just how red. old is he? How old? Is he? <laughs> I, I think he's nineteen. Actually, I do. Oh, I think Jesus. it's safe to say because um, he, he might be eighteen. It was eighteen or nineteen because um, he's nineteen. In he doesn't red, have much more time, right? <laughs> Before he turns into the Joker Junior. Um, but yeah, he. Um, he became Red Robin when he's 19, and this costume was like right before he becomes Red Robin. Um, okay, it's it was a costume he wore right before Batman R.I.P. and so very um, reminiscent of the new Batman. Is that where Batman gets ripped? Yeah, he gets ripped. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, John Stewart, Green Lantern. He uh, gets his animated uniform, which yeah. is actually like. It, when we see the Green Lanterns in Superman, they all That's have that style. All of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Kyle Rayner had that same uniform in the Superman animated series. But then when I even when we see the Green Lantern Corps return for um in Blackest Night. The return. <laughs> or I mean, yeah, but the return is when they all have their own unique sort of yeah, yeah. Green Lantern uniform. But before that they all basically yeah, have the same, the same yeah. which was a really cool design, actually. Mm-hmm. Um I thought with like the how it's not the full green, it just kind of cuts off there at the chest. Um, yeah. It's a cool look. And uh, I think they replicate it for Hal Jordan a little <clears> bit <throat> in Justice League action. He kind of has a similar looking uniform yeah, going on of. then. Uh, but yeah, so Jon Stewart gets this version of 
the costume. So that wasn't an established Green Lantern look at all. Before. No, that was all so they, DCAU. I wonder why they did that. I wonder why they didn't like use. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess they're all so different that maybe they just oh we can't pick one. I'll just make one. The up. Kyle Rayner one looks cool without the boots yeah. or anything. It's just like yeah. black feet. Like it's really stylized and mm-hmm. really cool design. Um. Yeah, Joe Kelly wrote the Justice League book, JLA, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And he brought Jon Stewart onto the team when the cartoon was kind of in sight. So it was mid-2000s. So, um, yeah, so Jon Stewart joins, and he's got this new costume. And this is, like, still in the time where Kyle is the last Green Lantern. Um, Jeff Johns hasn't revitalized the Green Lantern line of books. Mm -hmm. And so Jon Stewart had basically been given a ring that was created by Kyle. Um, so it was kind of like a very special, unique mm-hmm. just ring that he wanted to give to John to be in the league and protect Earth while <laughs> Kyle went off into space. Um, yeah, so it was a really, really interesting <clears throat> time for John Stewart. Um, but anyway, he got the costume, and he's kept that costume ever since. Um, that's his go-to. Like, John Stewart's yeah. the only one in the comics now who wears the animated <laughs> style costume. Um, is he wearing that in the new yeah stuff yeah because he just uh joined the justice league again in scott snyder's book and he is wearing his animated version um what's cool about scott snyder's new book is hot girls also joined the team right and she previously was in uh dwayne mcduffie's version uh as well as john stewart and so Mm -hmm. that was in the late like it was around 2008 2009 uh, when Dwayne McDuffie wrote that. And then he also kind of was able to bring in some of his milestone characters. But um, but yeah, so Scott Snyder has recently rebooted the Justice League book for this rebirth era that we're in. And um, it still has Cyborg and Aquaman, who've been in yeah. the New 52 team, but um, Jon Stewart and Hawkgirl have joined. And Jon Stewart, it seems like he's replaced um, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz as the Green Lantern <clears throat> on the book, but I think they're still around. It seems like the book's also doing sort of an unlimited approach to the roster where um, they can call on a bunch of uh, B-list heroes if they need to. Because yeah. the first issue had a lot of cameos. Um, well, the so the, the Green Lantern thing and the costume, mm-hmm. I, I, I like that they redesigned Kyle to, I mean... I was about to say that I wonder why they didn't use his 90s, Kyle's 90s um, outfit, because that's also a very cool-looking Yeah, and they brought that back for Rebirth now. He's back in that one. But they, yeah, um, but they, you know, they kind of combine his and Hal's origin for that episode, so I guess it makes sense that they wouldn't Mm -hmm. just be like, this is literally Kyle Rayner. Yeah. Well, in the return, they kind of, like, his new logo, he's got a new Green Lantern emblem. That yeah. is kind of reminiscent of his costume that Kyle wore right before uh, the original Green Lantern Rebirth in 2003. Um, and so once Jeff Johns took over the book, Kyle remained in this uniform for a few issues, but then he became Ion shortly afterwards right, okay. again. Yeah, he's been Ion once or twice in the book. I also I, I dropped, uh, I suggested everybody go check out last episode uh tommy tejeda's uh instagram um where he posts like model sheets and stuff from jlu and superman yeah yeah the ones that we've like never seen before and he just like yesterday or the day before posted uh the the, the return kyle rayner 
uh, uh sweet it's hard to see on but yeah uh it's hard to see on audio uh, but, <laughs> but you should go check that out. it's colored it's it looks really cool um, nice. i will and we i mean it's not it's not like too far off from the one that we had like custom created for him anyway but mm-hmm. it's cool to see the actual like what it was based on um and that's kind of a combo of his um super mini animated series like original design with that 90s comic look because they brought his like spiky-ish black hair yeah. into it and, and he's got kind of a kind of a big white emblem and stuff mm-hmm. so um it's really similar to um that yeah the very end of his run on green lantern yeah because we also Man. had the adventures in the dcu comic going on at the same time as superman the animated series that was like more or less part of the dcau until they kind of retconned it out with justice league mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh kyle was definitely in a 90s kyle outfit yeah. in that we've seen some random merch and stuff and like coloring yeah. books and stuff where yeah they yeah. were drawn yeah, in that in, style too. coloring books with him in that yeah yeah um yeah well i don't have too much left on the costumes to say um i did want to say that hawk girl in the new scott snyder book is not um shira hole she's kendra saunders oh, right, so it right, is a okay. different hawk girl but it's still the fact that she's on the lineup i'm sure um, it's purposefully oh it's yeah. definitely yeah yeah but she might even have shira's soul inside her like yeah. like from what happened to metal like it seemed you know like it was a little if you convoluted. can explain to me uh, 2010's hawk girl just the hawk people in general hawk yeah uh all right. i was gonna ask it was supergirl in the cartoon she's kara inze is that ever a thing in the comics there's an no. always zorel and something else yeah well she's usually zorel um and yeah. like i said i mean i can't even begin to explain the purple <laughs> matrix version but kara Plasma Goo Monsters, or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's also Linda Danvers is her uh, right. her uh, Earth name, but yeah, they never did the Danvers Car Kent Supergirl in DCAU. She's no. just a, a what did she even? I guess she was just Kara Kent. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, and then um, Nightwing in <clears throat> Rebirth has his animated logo um, with the little bird head that's there in the oh, center. Okay. Cause usually Is that not com- a usual thing? No, not before Rebirth. Yeah, he never had okay. that little bird head thing um, on his uh, uniform until DC Rebirth in 2013. Um, so that was something just from the cartoon. And in the comics, he kind of had that black and blue look. Um, I think he had that before being in the uh, new Batman adventures. Does he have a mullet now? Um, <laughs> no, does he? You know, it's does he? I don't think he does. I don't know. Hard to tell. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell in the rebirth. Yeah, I don't think he does. But I haven't been reading the Nightwing book. But yeah. but he does have his classic <clears throat> logo. I think that's something that like most people identify with him. Um, yeah. and then the last thing, well, not necessarily last thing, but Static Shock has also been in the DCU a little bit, and that's something mm-hmm. that the um, well, yeah, he's been in the DCU. That's but what I mean is he's been in the comics. <laughs> the DCU started, yeah. uh, they introduced Static to the rest of, like, to Batman and Superman, the Justice League and everything. Static had not been in the DC universe at all until the animated series. Yeah. And um, when Dwayne McDuffie was writing JLA, that was about the time that he was bringing his Milestone characters over to the DC. Mm-hmm. 
And so Static was eventually integrated with the Teen Titans in the era, like right before Flashpoint. Mm. So this so is he like, did meet him someday. He did, yeah. What do that, you know? it, that day was in 2010. Yeah, he did join the Titans. Prophecy for is fulfilled. A little while. He um he premiered in a book called The Terror Titans, which was a um a mm. mini series. It, it involved like Roulette and the Meta Brawl. And um, the dark not side, not the Omega Club. Titans or the no the yeah <laughs> callback <laughs> to last episode Titans. puns yeah red blue so green static Titans. static got integrated and it was his same costume from like season three of the show yeah. or was it season two when he gets the the black <laughs> yeah, coat three. Yeah. three yeah 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 um and then Batman Beyond of course is now integrated in the main continuity mm-hmm. of uh, DC Comics and um. How caught up are you on Justice League No Justice? You're still waiting on the last two I, issues? No, yeah, I'm still waiting on number three. Okay, to come in. that's okay. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say Waller. Well, you read the first two. Amanda Waller's okay. characterization yeah. in that series, like the fact that she's so important in No Justice, I think takes a lot of cues from uh, the uh, lab, yeah. from the Cadmus arc of JLU. It seems like she's interacting with the League in a really similar way. Mm-hmm. Um I can hear CCH Pounder's voice in my head, yeah. you know, when I read well, I mean, dialogue. I always do anyway. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like a Waller is not always around in the JLA books, but she seemed really important in No Justice. And that might be something Snyder carries on. Yeah. So they, there's occasionally <clears throat> DCAU versions of characters that will just appear like for a panel or two. Oh, yeah. Just like Brainiac. Like a little... Yeah, Brainiac did that in No Justice, but we also did... Uh, and in like Convergence. The... He's actually, like, that version of Brainiac pops up every now and then. Oh, okay. Which, um, for no in, explanation. Like, uh, the Superman Reborn story arc that happened a few months ago, Mr. McSyespilic is, like, explaining to him, like, I'm the same Mr. McSyespilic in every universe. I've encountered mm. you dozens of times, hundreds of times, and on so many different planes of existence and it like shows him in superman the animated series with with that superman and stuff nice um, <clears throat> so that's kind of a cool little yeah. thing to just show like yeah that happened um, action yeah. comics 1000 had a page like that too yeah. where you see jackster and, and mala, mala. Yeah. yeah they're just there for a panel i think that was more of like all the artists it's because it was a big mashup story i think they all yeah. did a pin-up page and then Scott i was kind of surprised that that was the only it. dcau superman thing that showed up in that yeah, yeah. issue because i was thinking like oh it's this big like giant milestone of an event for superman you would think that they'd probably put something but i guess there's so many animated supermans now that they would be like well which one mm-hmm. do we do or something well that's a big one to reference yeah yeah that's a that's a big thing for me is that the DCAU is so influential that, you know, if we, if it didn't exist, would we have, we wouldn't have any of this, you know, Justice League action, Teen Titans, you know, whatever that came after it. And the, but if we, but we might have something similar to those, but you know, they wouldn't be as good. We have no idea what, what uh, to expect. And, when we were talking about the AT&T Batman commercial, it made me think like, you know, in a world without the DCAU, would the movies, because we're, I mean, we should probably get into that, but would the movies have, have been as good also? Because like, you know, would the dark Knight have happened mm-hmm. if, if the animated Batman wasn't as ser- taken as seriously as he was and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause the animated Batman spun out of the Tim Burton movies 
but then became his own thing and it was taken a lot more seriously than perhaps than the Burton movies was were mm-hmm. um, or at least became with the Schumacher <laughs> continuations um <laughs> but the with Batman Forever and Batman and Robin um yeah we didn't know, even mention just continued to get more of those mm-hmm. would they have bombed as much as they did if not for the animated series existing you know well you know like people... dc says like they have four pillars of their uh character library so it's batman superman wonder woman and harley quinn is yeah recently <laughs> pillar number four so without the animated series you know, they never mm-hmm. would have had yeah. Harley. To... Well, that's the thing is, Harley Quinn was supposed to be the villain in the next in the Batman and Robin sequel. Yeah, um, it was called like Batman Triumph with the Scarecrow too, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I remember being really excited for that at the when I was you know eight or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but of course, that didn't happen. Uh, so probably better for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and also Mr. Freeze's origin from the anime series, like Mr. Freeze right. never would have been taken seriously as a, a major yeah. mm-hmm. villain without Paul Dini's involvement there. He completely changed the character. Yeah. Um, I'd almost even suggest like their design for Clayface has been kind of quintessential, mm-hmm. um, cause Clayface has been very different over the years and see was Clayface. Um, I know that there's been multiple Clayfaces. Clay mm-hmm. Fisai clay, and clay feces. A... Clay feces, yeah. <laughs> there have been. Um, there has, I don't know. That's a I question. don't think that really works, but uh, <laughs> was he was Matt Hagen the original Clayface in the comics no. or was he he's like the second or third one or yeah, something? Yeah, the original one was named uh Boris something. Ba- yeah, Boris Car- not Boris Karloff. That's an actor, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it was something like that, wasn't His it? His name was Scott Peterson. Writer for Batman Adventures. <laughs> maybe it was like yeah, Basil Carlo. Too. So it okay. might have. Maybe it was like <laughs> a reference Carlo, to Boris yeah. Karloff. Yeah, Basil, Basil Carlo though. The cinnamon was actually. Because he's an actor too. Um, it's like so. This Basil Carlo version was the original one, but he like it's another case of the animated series taking the original character using mm-hmm. a a later name, but using yeah. the same origin. <laughs> Right, so, and that's the thing is like, growing up with the cartoon, I don't know that that's not what it's supposed to be. Like mm-hmm. that's just what it is to me. They so probably were I just. Out, I mean, Basil yeah. Carlo is a weird name. Like they, they were probably just like, let's make this. Like let's who the... names their kid Basil unless they're a plant? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. at least his name, you know, wasn't like. I don't know, Play-Doh or some, some like Play-Doh like with a T, like with a T. Oh, you know, Play-Doh. So they would, so that they would eventually be like, oh, because he's gonna become clay. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like uh, you know, they do that with villains sometimes, like Edward Nigma, that kind uh-huh. of thing. Yeah, but yeah. that's I don't know. You just expect that sometimes. <laughs> True. <laughs> but uh, uh, there, uh, like, so there are original characters that were created for. Uh, the DCAU that either have never shown up in movies or in comics or very rarely do. Like in White Knight, did you finish White Knight? I did. I loved it. Yeah. Baby Doll is in that, but That's is that true. Baby, is that Baby Doll's first comic appearance? Um, you know, what? I don't know. I doubt it. Um, because I'm sure someone's brought her. And like Paul Dini's probably brought her back in some comic that he wrote. Because he did a run on Detective Comics, I don't know if she actually was in that, but he, um, okay. yeah, I'm I'm sure she's popped up. But I'm now, finding, yeah, I'm finding out. <laughs> yeah, um, 
Roxy Rocket. Her and thinking like, oh, that is that the first baby doll? Like that would be a really big deal, but no one's talking about it. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I uh, don't know actually. Appearance. Oh, this is a the DCAU wiki. I don't care about this. <laughs> but she's a good example. Um, Roxy Rocket is kind of up there too. Um, let's see. Oh, for whatever reason, I can't go to her page on my phone. I don't care enough. Anyway, it might be, it might not be. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's um, there's stuff like Livewire has made her mm-hmm. way into Supergirl, uh, the TV show. Um, not, I'm not in love with her version on that show, but <laughs> it exists, so that's at least cool. Yeah. Um, well, Renee Montoya is someone who started in the yeah. the cartoons and carried over to the books too, and she eventually became the question. Um, so that's cool. Has Volcana ever? I made don't it into think anything? Volcana has. Um, Lockup did though. Lockup is another right. original villain. He's in No Man's Land or something. I mm-hmm. think. Right? Yeah, he's a big big deal in that. Roxy Rocket has been in the comics a few times. She was in. She was um, in White Knight also. <laughs> yeah, she was in White Knight, but also in like Stephanie Brown's Batgirl. Well, series. I think those pe- those characters appear in White Knight because that White Knight is kind of BTAS ish, like on purpose, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, you can kind of tell. Um so apparently Volcana has appeared in the comics. She oh. um was in the 2010 Superman 80 page giant, and that's her only, only oh, okay. thing. Yeah. Um <laughs> Maybe in a one-panel Jaxer and Mala kind of thing or something. Yeah, yeah. Although Jaxer and Mala um, are not DCAU original creations either. No. They're from the I Silver Age. I think Mala Age. might be. Maybe. I, I know Jaxer sure. is... He's even in, like, Man of Steel. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, um, Well, there's also yeah. uh, Mercy Graves. You said Livewire. Um, Livewire has been in the comics. She's actually one of the Superman villains who's probably been the most popular... Um, mm. To adapt to the comics, and she's been in the Supergirl show, um, and Smallville, but yeah, but yeah. So Mercy Graves, though she was also part of No Man's Land that you mentioned earlier with Lockup. Okay. That was actually her first appearance. She also became like a weird robot Amazon or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, um, she, I think was revealed to be an Amazon. That might have been in. The Trinity, like the original Trinity series, I want to say. Didn't I could she have like a robot arm or something too, like a machine gun arm? Or I don't know. Maybe that's just one of the movies, <laughs> one of the cartoon movies. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, it's possible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is definitely the most exciting part of the podcast, right? Now is <laughs> yeah, we're looking up. I'm looking things, things up. up and going. I don't. We don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, the Great Ghost. The Great Ghost has actually been in the comics a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, the original Academy. DCAU characters that I forget are original to the DCAU because I just know them as... Like, I'm surprised that there's not, you know, a fire bad guy for Superman or an electricity bad guy for Superman or whatever prior well, there, to Yeah, those. I mean, there are, but they're like... Like, Superman fought the fire monsters or like some right. dumb shit yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> Volcano. The, fire, the flame man with the flamethrower. Yeah. Like, they actually appeared <laughs> wins, in um, the JLU episode, Ultimatum. They're the fire lava creatures that they fight yeah, at the beginning the of that. fire trolls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, stuff like that. But, um, 
The it, fire trolls are just going around going, your videos aren't that funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot to say the Parasite uh, had a costume that was redesigned from the animated series like you know the blue sort of it's not a jumpsuit it might even be part of his body but how he's got like the the lines yeah on him it looks like it's a, a uniform but it might not be yeah uh, yeah they uh they gave that to parasite in the comics they for metallo uh-huh yeah has has metallo ever been in the comics just a normal sized man like he is in the cartoon because mm-hmm. I always see him as this giant monster of a Terminator robot and it always like I don't like that as much as yeah. just as a guy. Usually he is. Um, he's also appeared a few times as like I don't want to say he looks like Iron Man, but he just kind of has like this green and orange sort of costume that he does. Yeah. But he did appear like his look in the the anime series, like kind of like that half face torn like Terminator yeah. looking thing. In um the Batman Superman Public Enemies book, he is okay. he looks like that in in that one. I remember yeah. seeing um you know they had the Batman Dash Superman dot com website for a long time uh, where you could just read about the main characters on the shows, uh, and the uh, I remember I hadn't seen any of the Superman cartoon except for the Batman Superman movie, mm-hmm. uh, and metallo's page i always just went like oh you're just ripping off two face why would you do that he's just got two oh, faces yeah. <laughs> that's stupid and then <laughs> but he's a very different character than two face <laughs> that's true two face is actually like in the ama series you know he's got that like the blue half and he's got that yeah. really cool black and white looking coat that um was original for the cartoon and they've adapted that look into the comics Every now and then, just because it's so striking, like that's yeah. it's an amazing two face design. Blue, yeah, blue face. <laughs> what he's happened? Two face. <laughs> now he's a blue face. Kill <laughs> um, <Heel> face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Toy man. Toy man's another example of someone whose uh, costume was adapted to the the books. Yeah, that's a new. He, he's not. Has he ever otherwise been just a small man in a weird? clown mask like usually toy man is like a just a small man <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean he's had a, a bunch of weird looks like he's kind of had like clown looking outfit like back in the silver yeah. age and um and then in like the 70s 80s he was a lot like the super friends look that's kind of the wooden like marionette yeah. thing with the strings um so yeah. We should probably wrap this section up but i would say that we should yeah. <laughs> speculate which which DCAU characters would you like to? Would you, Ted Kendrick, like to see in movies? In a movie, um, and do you think that they could be adapted in a way that wouldn't just be like? Would they have to be adapted in, as exact copies of who they are in the DCAU mm-hmm. to be successful? Like in the case of Mister Freeze or whatever, or do you think they can just be like, oh, that's a character now, and you know who they yeah. like, Volcana or something? Actually, I have a good answer for this. Um, okay. I'd say Zatanna. Um, Zatanna is somebody who, when she first premiered, this is actually pretty cool. It was kind of like a inner company crossover event that was spearheaded mm-hmm. by, um, oh man, I'm forgetting his name. It had a DC comics in the sixties. Uh, people are, are like killing me right now. Um, no one else knows. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got it. Walt I gotta Disney, know. I think, uh, Julie, Julie Swartz. So Julie Swartz was the editor in chief okay. at DC. Yeah. So he um he introduced Satana by having her appear as sort of a witch. Um, 
she was a witch in a Batman comic, but then like green green skin, long nose, black hat right. and everything. Like <laughs> for some reason, I forget why. But then she appeared kind of in her normal like um fishnet stockings, top hat sort of look in Hawkman, uh the Flash, um and eventually like all these little guest appearances. I think she was in the Green Lantern book. There was like mm-hmm. five or so that culminated into um the Justice League book where Zatanna um, and the whole league go off to find her father, um, Zatara, who's been missing. And Zatara's from the Golden Age comics, too. He was a member of the JSA. He was around. Mm-hmm. He was, like, a leading character in all in action comics um, during the 40s. So Zatara's got a lot of history in the DC world. Um, and it would be really cool to see him as, like, an older magician who's, uh, you know, been in this world of magic trained batman and stuff yeah um and that's something that the dcau did uniquely so like i said um in the the comics zatanna was someone who found all these heroes trying to get them to help her find her father and then after they do and they rescue him um she joins the league and she's a member of the justice league from there on out what the dcau did uniquely was established history between batman and zatanna had bruce go on this uh Mm-hmm. You know, when he's younger, he learned from Zatara about um, being an escape artist and a little bit about magic. And um, they also introduced this romance between Zatanna and Bruce that hadn't existed in the comics before. So that's something that I think I don't really see Zatanna working without that connection to Bruce. Like she's great mm-hmm. on her own, but it would be when they introduced her to the movies, I would like to see that history remain between them and, yeah, give I mean, that's also link. unique because of the thing we were talking about before where the DCU has an actual timeline where, yeah. like, even in, like, Young Justice, you see Zatara is, like, in the Justice League. Like, mm-hmm. he's just ageless or whatever. Like, everybody just gets to their 30s and then stops aging. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, except for, like, Dr. Fate and whatever. But, True. like, yeah, where, yeah, well, he, you know, they, they show an actual... He trained Batman, and yeah, he met Zatanna when she was, you know, twenty something mm-hmm. or a teenager or whatever. Um, yeah, so you're saying you want you would like to see that same kind of interpretation of Zatanna, where she's yes, rather than just being like, "Hey, I'm a Batman. I'm a witch. Yeah. I'm looking for people to help me find my dad." You know, yeah. <laughs> like I'd like Damn, that history. Where's to my be there. family? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have no doubt she'll wind up in a Justice League Dark movie. Like that seems pretty given. Yeah, um, she's gonna headline that. With probably Swamp Thing and John Constantine, um, but she and John Constantine also have this history that go back a while too. Um, and so, yeah, I'd like to see her do that. She's Zatanna's also the type of character who could easily appear in Gotham City. In um, there was talk about them doing a Gotham City Sirens movie yeah. um, or the Batgirl movie. Those theme like they might not happen anymore. There's rumors suggesting they might not. Um, the Gotham City Sirens movie has been called the Birds of Prey lately. So oh, hmm. that might be what it's going to become. But that would be um, a good place to see Zatanna, possibly as a cameo. Yeah. But that's probably going to involve characters like Batgirl uh, might be the only hero in that. It's probably going to... Well, I don't know. I mean, Birds of Prey is Batgirl, Black Canary, Huntress mainly. or um, Sure. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't have a specific character answer, but I definitely think that they should just look to the DCAU for influence in general um, mm-hmm. of how to approach characters. Because I think, um, especially in the case of the villains, there are occasional villains in the DCAU that are still have a very goofy comic book origin. Like, 
you know, Mad Hatter kidnaps a girl so that they can be in an Alice in Wonderland world together because right. he's just mad that he got fired from his job or whatever. Like he he he's not really someone to, you know, versus Mr. Freeze has a, has an extremely emotional you know, origin compared to just being a guy with an ice gun like he was Robin Banks and stuff in the 50s or whatever. But yeah, like, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, for instance, when they did the Riddler in Batman Forever, he was a very, like, goofy, cackling Joker kind of Riddler. I mean, it was Jim Carrey. What else are you going to do? But uh, he creates a weird machine to suck people's brains out, and he's in a skin-tight costume and all this stuff, whereas the Riddler in the animated series is a lot more reserved and calculating and mm-hmm. stuff like that. He was still he was still kind of goofy, and he'd let it he get to darker. him. He let it, he, yeah. Yeah, every. I mean, that I I I hate using that term because no. I I don't think you should go as far as they went with Batman vs Superman that kind of stuff. Um, I like the Dark Knight versions of characters because they're supposed to be set in a realistic world, but I think you need to find that happy medium between the you know being exactly what if this was this world that we live in and being the you know 60s batman show or something somewhere in the middle is kind of where the dcu lies yeah that's yeah. a really good ground um to base your it is characters off these of. characters are all like kind of silly the justice league movie was a little bit too silly in some points but like yeah. you know but i mean like got, you yeah. know it's a comic book world so you might as well be comic booky mm-hmm. with it but i think if the it's campiness a, it is a movie and you're adapting yeah. it into a real people that you're looking at on screen mm-hmm. you can't go quite far i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little a little campiness is healthy for this stuff yeah. like it's just inherent with and the i genre. say that and i say that still wanting to see the new gods movie and all that stuff oh yeah so. yeah yeah no i do too <laughs> I, I can't wait um condiment king that's somebody <laughs> yeah. who we didn't mention starting well, the DCAU. Well, that one you know is a goofy one on purpose. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but he's a DCAU original. So. Yeah. All uh, right. Well, that's cool. that probably. Um, yeah, hopefully <laughs> that. Would, Let's know if we missed just... anything. We probably did. The DCU is a big place. and Yeah. It's, um yeah. We need so, a comic relief little theme song or something. Um, <laughs> sing us should. a song for comic relief, Ted. Uh, da, 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 I got my comics and I'm relieved. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll get Adam to write a back and we'll... It's going to be great. <laughs> you say I'm relieved yes. at the end? Yes, yes. <laughs> 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 that's what, really, that's what this section is about. It is. <laughs> is it's the, such a relief. Oh, God, I made it. Yeah, to finally talk about this. Um, <laughs> well, I... Uh, wanted to talk about justice league number one but i don't want to spoil anything no, for you i know i'm sorry i want to talk I, about doomsday clock number five but i don't want to spoil that for yeah, you either i know i'm sorry um <laughs> i like how we have to we we do such a like no i haven't read it so we can't possibly <laughs> talk about it because but then the, we just like as soon as both of us have read we assume it, the rest of you like, have i don't care about the audience yeah so talk about it anyway. right <laughs> um well i can give like a quick spoiler free review of those two um I, w- I would also like to talk about, have you been reading the Batman series leading up to the wedding? No, but you can talk about that. I, okay. That doesn't bother me. I just much. read, um, I'm one issue behind. I read number 45, 6, and 7 just the other day. 
So I'll talk about that in a little more spoilery. Is it leading up to number 50 or something? It is. 50 is the wedding. And uh, okay. 48 just came out, but I haven't read that yet. It's called The Best Man, and it has a Joker on the cover. But uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'll, I'll get back to Batman in a second. But Justice League number one and Doomsday Clock number five. So Justice League uh, spins out of No Justice, the ramifications of that. Um, that sets up this new version of the League we have, and it's new in all senses of the word there's a new headquarters um they even function differently because this isn't a big spoiler but martian manhunter is back on the team and he hasn't been around since mm-hmm. before the new 52 so yeah you said he's doing the, the tele yeah tele- they all communicate with telepathy stuff. um and that's actually done really well um and kind of humorous there's actually some really funny lines of dialogue and that um i think scott snyder's got a really good grasp of like the the family sort of relationship with the league uh-huh. and like the the league's never really been branded as a family um as much as they are sort of like a big work like a, just a force you know yeah but, um, but i get that because like new 52 justice league never really felt like they liked each other yeah (laughs) they're all just kind of there (laughs) exactly but we get that here like they actually seem like friends and this there's uh even wonder woman has one of the funniest lines like during their telepathy thing um uh yeah i don't want to spoil anything but everyone starts everyone starts doing a batman voice impression (laughs) over the telepathy line and batman the whole time just like (laughs) come on come on guys like (laughs) you know everyone's got their own batman voice that they do it's pretty funny um yeah, yeah. So it's a really cool book. Um, I can't wait to read more. They've set up uh, the Legion of Doom is going to be a big element of this because at the end of No Justice, um, Lex Luthor and Martian Manhunter are very aware of the new sorts of threats that are going to come with um, after Dark Knight's Metal, the source wall had there was a mm-hmm. huge hole in the source wall. They are still figuring out how to deal with those ramifications. Um, and Lex and Martian Manhunter both know that they have to prepare. So Lex is preparing with the new Legion of Doom. Jean is now in charge of the Justice League. Um, that's about all I want to say about that without like giving too much else away. There's some really cool cameos in this book. Um, and like I said, it's leading to some really amazing stuff. It, it made me feel like I was reading Grant Morrison's like 90s JLA okay. run again. And that's my favorite stuff. So it's a very uh, just the scope is epic, um, larger than life sort of storytelling. And it does not um, it just slams you into it. You know, like it does not take its time leading there. It's we're already in the middle of this new status quo and it's great. So I really recommend the new Justice League book for sure. Okay, Um, And then Doomsday Clock number five is leading to some really interesting places. We finally see the Joker. we also catch back up with Saturn Girl and Rorschach, and um, it picks up on plot Our threads. Good old pals. Yeah, good old pals with, you know. <laughs> um, and Milo and Otis. A lot of the DC <laughs> rebirth, uh, the mysteries established in that one shot book, are finally starting to come to fruition here. Like seeing okay. the Joker here, I, I would think, because um, it sets him up in this issue it, for a really big. Um, 
something's going to happen in issue six involving the Joker and Batman and Mime and Marionette. And I don't mm-hmm. want to say exactly what, but issue five leaves us in a very interesting place. So, okay. Um, so we'll see some very heavy Joker stuff, I think, in issue yeah, it's six. It's also in the mail for me. <laughs> Sweet. It might even... The mail even, has not been reliable. We could even learn a little bit of uh, clues about the three Jokers. I doubt it'll go that heavily into it because mm-hmm. we have that series coming later in the year. But... I do think I do like with the three jokers thing how they established there's three jokers and then we've gone like two years not knowing anything about it. And, and whenever Joker like, oh, appears we'll talk about it in some at some point and now yeah, there's yeah. just gonna be a whole series about it. Whenever we see the Joker, like for me it's like what? Like <laughs> we, yeah. we just saw the Joker here, but like now he's here. Like which joker's alleged? Yeah. And yeah, it's it's very strange. Like Scott Snyder is not shy about using the Joker at all. Like he's part of the Legion of Doom in the Justice League book. Um I don't know if that's the same joker that we see in doomsday clock because that's supposed to be months later you know that uh, explains why the joker looks three different ways in the dcau too yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> three different guys so you yeah. only killed one of them the other two are still out there <laughs> exactly um other rebirth mysteries was like uh johnny thunder and the jsa we get a little bit more hints uh about um his role in things in doomsday clock yeah. number five um, so that's really exciting. Uh, what else happened? Um, Dr. Well, we don't James see Dr. Manhattan yet. Born. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop this in a second. <laughs> no, it's, fine. it's just hard to, to have a discussion. I know you haven't read it. Haven't read. Well, all I'll say is comedians doing some interesting stuff. He uh, seems to be tracking Mime and Marionette. And um, Ozymandias has a big showdown with Batman. That's really fun to okay. watch. That so. cool. Yeah, he basically, like, Batman's sitting in um, Night Owl's ship, the owl, and he's just, like, got Rorschach's journal in his lap, and he closes the final page. And he's like, ah, oh, Ozymandias, I've read all about you, sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, man. <laughs> so, I like how that stuff never gets old. Like, yeah. <laughs> if Batman disappears on a rooftop, I never roll my eyes. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, he's just sitting here in the shadows. He's like, I've been waiting for you, and I've yeah. read all about you. <laughs> So that's all. You don't need yeah. to know what how he knows he's there. He's just he's just not. Uh-huh. Uh really interesting stuff. Um even Ozymandias, like the way they that Gary Frank draws him in Doomsday Clock number five makes me think that he looks a lot like Trump. Like the way his hair <laughs> looks a lot, like it's almost too neat and it's They're just drawn the same way. Falls off. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Well, I mean no, but I mean it kind of looks like that. <laughs> so I think that there's I haven't quite analyzed it all the way, but I think there's something to be said about reading that into Ozymandias' character. So, <laughs> okay. anyway, yeah. that's all I'll say about that. Uh, good stuff. Can't wait to keep reading Doomsday Clock. It it's sounds cool. like we're paid by DC because you're just like describing the <coughs> We should be. Oh, wow, we cool. should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Batman. We talked about 45, 6, and 7. Uh, I really liked that. It was called The Gift. It was a three-part story arc, um, and it's all about Booster Gold, who mm. wanted to give <laughs> Batman... seems weird. But I know, that he'd be in a Batman book. Um, I love Booster Gold. I read uh, Jeff Johns' run on Booster, that, and like reading about him He's in the 52. He's that guy with the, the power ring and the green costume, right? That's right, yeah. Gr- yeah. Uh, green, green Booster Gold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> green. yeah. All right. yeah. Uh, green Lantern. <laughs> um, so Booster <laughs> decides to give Batman a gift, and... What's really cool is he cites the for the man who has everything. He's like, I heard about this oh. time that Superman got this gift of like this orchid thing, and it showed him this world that could have been, and like, 
yeah, it was really depressing because he saw this family and he was on Krypton and stuff. And like, yeah, that sucked for him. But he realized that he was better for being in the world like as Superman. And, you know, so he was like, Batman, I gave you this gift because like I changed your world. I saved your parents. But I want you to realize that being Batman is better. So he was basically like trying to pull a black orchid on Batman. Like and he even says black it. Mercy. Yeah. Black Mercy. Yeah, Black Mercy. That's it. Who, which isn't uh, an yeah, alien black orchid, orchid. Of the Justice League Dark. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's totally different. But Black Mercy is an orchid, and he calls it an orchid. Sure, anyway, sure, a little weird. So, so that just means that for the man who has everything or a version of it also happened in the New Fifty Two. It must have at well, some point. Yeah, I mean, Alan Moore wrote the original comic in the eighties yeah. that was in continuity. So yeah, there's had to be some sort of version that happened. Um, so yeah, Booster saves Batman's parents from ever dying. So that means Bruce Wayne's grown up rich. Um, all the Robins are leaving. They're leading different lives. You see Tim Drake, Jason Todd, and Dick Grayson. Actually, Dick Grayson is Batman. For some reason, Dick Grayson has become Batman, but he goes around the city with guns and stuff and shoots people. And Very different <laughs> Batman. Um, and so Booster tries... Someone tore my mullet off. Now yeah. <laughs> Um, so first Booster goes to Batman because he wants to tell Batman, like, you know, I changed your world, but I want to make it back. Um, and it's a horrible world because the Joker's taken over Gotham to the point where, like, mm-hmm. everyone's becoming Jokerized. The issue starts with Green Lantern laughing about something, um, about how the the ring has all these protections in place where it won't allow you to kill yourself or hurt yourself at all. But Hal Jordan's oh. like, I'm so powerful though. I bet, I bet I can. I bet if anyone <laughs> can overcome this, I can. So he holds the ring up to his head and kills himself with the power ring. Jeez. And that's just like page, <laughs> that's page one. Um, and so it starts off very dark. <laughs> well, obviously the world's fucked up. Um, and so yeah, Booster, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was a really cool story arc. I enjoyed it. He finds Batman, realizes that it's not Bruce, um, eventually finds Bruce and tells him that, like, hey, I'm a time traveler. Skeets is my time traveling robot. Um, we're going <laughs> to fix this. I just wanted you to know that, like, I'm. this is my gift to you. You know, I'm, I'm showing you this thing. And so Bruce, You're like, <laughs> yeah, they're at, like, Wayne Manor. He takes a, um, a fire poker thing, and then he just, like, kills Skeets. <laughs> so it destroys the time machine. Booster's like, oh, man, okay, well, now, <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? so the next issue takes place one year later so basically like boosters trapped in this world and he has to keep finding a way to try to like take them back in time um the second issue he tries to find selena kyle to bring selena to bruce because it's like you're about to get married if i just like introduce the two of you together you'll fall in love Mm -hmm. and you'll remember your past lives and everything will be back to normal how it should (laughs) be you know and that doesn't happen because uh, Bruce's parents, uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne, they were like kind of evil rich people in a way. <laughs> like they're not evil, but they have ulterior motives and like their money is kind of gone. How far back does it go that changes yeah. the timeline? I mean, to when Bruce is eight years old. Like oh, okay. Booster literally hops in to save um, the parents right, okay, right okay. before their death. Yeah. And so Selena, when she's introduced to to the Waynes, she's wearing her like leather stitched costume for Batman Returns, um, <laughs> and just like goes like feral on the Wayne parents, just like tears into like rips Thomas Wayne's throat, you know, now like marry me. right, yeah, yeah. So Bruce just like, oh man, this isn't how I thought it would go, you know, like here's Lady Kyle just kill Bruce's parents, um, so really crazy 
Second issue, third issue takes place a year after that. <laughs> so like Booster's been stuck in this like crazy yeah. f- present for like years now. He's like old. He's an old man, like shriveled, like skin and bones, like kept as a prisoner. Um, and, and it's just a really fascinating but strange situation. There hasn't been a conclusion to this yet. No, there has. Um, he does oh. go back in time, and I'm trying to remember how. Um, <laughs> I got the issue right over there. Shooting star. I got it all. How do you do it? <laughs> You're gonna just look. <laughs> yeah, because I forgot. I forgot. I forgot how he <laughs> how he saves the day here. It was so amazing. It blew your mind. Oh yeah. Well, he fixes skeets. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, I remember now. So, Bruce Wayne. After this, like, second year, after uh, Catwoman kills his parents, he's convinced that Booster is right and actually was telling the truth, and he's really mad at him. So Bruce actually takes the time to fix Skeets. And so Mm. um, the time machine works again. Uh, They go back. Bruce Wayne actually goes back with Booster to the moment of his parents' death, and they, like, have this big battle on a rooftop. Bruce watches his parents die in the alleyway from the rooftop, and then that other version of himself disappears um mm. as so boosters kind of like left there realizing that like he really messed things up and it traumatized him more than anything and so the issue ends with him on a rooftop with batman and catwoman back in the modern day everything's normal again and he's just like telling them about the gift he tried to give them but if anything it sounds like he just you know traumatized himself through the experience <laughs> so it's actually kind of depressing but a really interesting story uh, I really liked it. Okay, that's yeah. just part of the build up to the wedding. Is yeah, it? yeah. I mean, just ultimately, a normal Batman title. Yeah, it's it was issues forty five, six, and seven, um, and okay. it was really cool. Ultimately, I don't think it'll like matter that much in the long run, but it was yeah. still a really fun sort of. Um, I mean, the last issue that I read of Batman was when he proposed to Catwoman. Mm-hmm. And I know that was a while ago, but the, yeah. since then I, I stopped reading Batman just because it wasn't as interesting as some of the other ones. Yeah, um, there's been some but, good issues here and there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that actually made me start reading it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I love the Booster Gold arc. That was really cool. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I'm sad that I missed out on that so far, but um, I'll just grab the paperback at some point or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's all um, I got I'll, for that. I'll be really fast with mine because we should probably not take too much longer. Here. I know I um, kind of went on a thing, but I I'm. We talked about it. last time I read Trinity War. Uh, I'm making my way through the Justice League New 52 stories. Um, this time, like now, I'm on Forever Evil, Forever Heroes stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to read it in the exact order you're supposed to read it, like chronologically. So I read the first two issues of Forever Evil, then the first issue of Forever Heroes, and then now I have to read the entirety of Forever Evil Blight which is like the thickest book ever. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> also not I don't like have crucial. To, I don't have to. I know you told me I don't have to, but I want to. And mm-hmm. it actually, it's pretty entertaining so far. It's not far. bad, it's, right? It's a, that's what I said. It's like an interesting story, but... Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's Justice League dark stuff. So it's Constantine and, and uh, Dead Man and Zatanna and stuff Swamp like that. Swamp Thing, yeah. Um, but so far, I'm, I'm holding like a fourth of the way through it. It's just Constantine, um, Swamp Thing... Um, the Nightmare Nurse, which yeah. is a character I'm not familiar with, She's but she also new. looks a lot like uh, Mar- or Marionette in mm-hmm. Doomsday Clock to me. She was a new um, character that was introduced in the Phantom Stranger book. 
And then okay, yeah. And then, yeah, Fan of Strangers, a big part in Pandora. Mm-hmm. And the question was in it for, like, an issue, but then he immediately says, like, no, I'm not doing this, and leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, they're, they're so far it's just been that, like, because of the crime syndicate coming through into uh, the Justice League's dimension, uh, they brought with them all of the, like, evil intentions of their um, right. universe. So all of the, like sin sinful evils like it's hard to explain i guess it's like, just like const- good versus evil good always wins in our world but evil always wins in theirs right it's yeah it's everything's backwards or whatever so it's um like all of like constantine looks and and sees like a plane of existence where he can see like everyone's ill intentions mm-hmm. um and that's personified in the form of like a smoky dragon um and the dragon then inhabits the soul of this kid that I guess has been in the Phantom Stranger comics or something. Yeah, yeah, saved. he has. Yeah. Um, and so now that now he has come to like the physical plane as Blight, uh, not Batman Beyond's Blight, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah. he's like a spiky skull dragon thing. Mm. I don't know. It's it's kind of cool. I don't know if you've read all of that i did i mean i mean i kept up with it when it came out at the time yeah um it does i can tell that they're not very confident that people will keep up with it because every single issue the first page is like recap constant yeah constantine going like where am i oh i'm dead oh that's right we had to do these 50 things to get to this point i forgot (laughs) Uh, like i didn't forget i just read that (laughs) right (laughs) it's also like i mean it's what like five four or five different books like tying into each other like it was the um yeah a just like dark book phantom stranger constantine Constantine, maybe swamp thing book too i don't know yeah but it's it's cool seeing these characters that I don't know as well. Um, I think I'm yeah. enjoying. That's why I enjoy the Pandora stuff. I think as much as I did was because I'm not just like, oh yeah, Batman's being Batman again or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> which can get old sometimes. I guess um, <laughs> I, I like reading fresh things, but what? I still like knowing it exists in that same universe. And what do you think of the Outsider reveal? Like uh, the guy who's in the Justice League book, the purple suit, white skin, albino. Oh, the how he's like alfred yeah from the from the crime syndicate world i didn't even notice that he had white skin in that until this book that i'm reading Mm -hmm. now because he makes a couple appearances and uh they also added a thing where all of his dialogue has a little like yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, and i wonder if that's supposed to mean and maybe they'll reveal this i wonder if that's supposed to mean that he's like the joker of i think so because he's got a purple suit and white yeah, skin like alfred became the joker at some point yeah yeah but they managed to like sedate him enough to not be a bad bull but i mean he they're all bad guys i don't know right <laughs> yeah i know yeah but I, long story short I, i'm liking it a lot um I will, I will continue to update on it as i as i get through it um, have you seen uh the part in justice or the forever heroes where it's uh all about ultraman and he has to like no there's a really cool scene where he gets his powers from snorting kryptonite like it's crack cocaine oh yeah no no, no yeah <laughs> you mm-hmm. have seen that part yeah he has to like yeah. cut it up and i was just like that's yeah and i like how evil he, superman. he does that and he's like hurt by the sun he's just the opposite of Superman. yeah yeah um yeah he put well so like <laughs> the i think the it's kind of it's going to be interesting once I finish Blight and catch back up in the other books because, you know, I read three issues of this not Blight stuff and then mm-hmm. all I have to read all of Blight before I can come back to that stuff and 
what happened last in Forever Heroes was Ultraman pushed the moon in front of the sun, and there's like a eclipse so that he oh yeah has his powers or whatever. He's not hurt. But then so far the entirety of Blight, this the moon is in front of the sun. But I'm betting that that's going to be rectified pretty quickly in the main book so mm-hmm. if i wasn't reading blight all this stuff would you know it's happening <laughs> that i don't know about the <laughs> but, sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's stuff like phantom stranger and pandora are like saved from dying so i think that's pretty important that i read this instead mm-hmm. of just jumping and then suddenly being alive and the other thing sure um, is so. um phantom stranger also hanging out with god and that is god like the little terrier dog uh, have you I seen him know. yet? Maybe. Yeah, in the Phantom <laughs> Stranger book, like God is like literally like a little fluffy white terrier. <laughs> so, if you run uh, across him in that book, that's okay. God. That is God. No, yeah, the issue I just ended <laughs> on is Phantom Stranger is like he just leaves without telling them, and then oh, yeah. he shows up next to Blight, like, and Blight's like, oh. I knew you would betray everybody. And he's like, yep, I had to. And I wonder if it's mm-hmm. kind of like a Doctor Strange thing of like, this was the only way that like we can defeat you is if I <laughs> do this. Yeah, so. it's likely. Um, Also, like in the New 52, it's hinted very heavily that Phantom Stranger is Judas from right, uh, right. Yeah, of the, the Apostle, book, Jesus yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's the guy who betrayed Jesus to yeah. the Romans. Yeah. And then, yeah, they, they, should, they show that in this and they show like him walking away sadly from like a shadow of the crucifixion and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's pretty heavy yeah. stuff. <clears throat> I like but... that though. I don't know enough about Phantom Stranger to mm-hmm. be like, that's not who he's supposed to be or whatever. So. It's, I mean, that's always been like kind of um, one of his hinted origins. Uh, Cause he's, it's never been like straight up said, like that's who it is, except for maybe that book where they do say like, you know, it's Judas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the, I like keeping it a little more ambiguous, keeping it like an option yeah. for his yeah. backstory. Um, All right, let's get real quick, unless you have something else. No, I was just going to say that book in particular was written by Dan DiDio, who's one of DC's publishers. It's Dan DiDio yeah. and Jim Lee are the publishers. So he can do whatever he wants if he wants to bring in <laughs> Judas, the apostles, and go into like that territory, yeah. which seems a little... Uh, risque to me but you know that's up to him because right. he's doesn't have anyone to answer to really yeah all right um so we have a, a couple of of untitled mail segment stuff but i will i'm gonna say that we need to keep our answers pretty brief uh but that's okay because they're not gonna get into a lot um there so uh we have a guy that follows us um on social media he's pretty interactive with us on uh, instagram trnin hamill i do not believe there is a relation to mark hamill but i would love it if let us know um and if there uh, is let's get an interview (laughs) he says i'm not sure if it's been discussed on the channel before but do you guys consider batman vengeance to be part of the dcau canon and if so where do you think it fits in the timeline um that's the video game that came out like 2001 Mm -hmm. i want to say um and I just looked at this because we, um, we've been actually been discussing this with a couple different people. It's this weird, like, what was that thing that you had? You describe it as where everybody's thinking of the same thing at the same time. Collective um, unconscious. Yeah, we're like <laughs> everybody's coming out with a Batwoman related thing right now. Like we can, huh. I mean, the thing with Jay and our channel, Jay's reviews and our channel was planned, but the Tim Talk podcast is talking about Batwoman oh, yeah. soon. Um, there's, I don't know, there's just been like 
a couple of random people asking us Batwoman questions. Hmm. And so, like, this is a similar thing where people have been talking, like, Maddie's been talking with a couple different people in different places about Batman Vengeance, and then we got this Batman Vengeance question. Nice. So I don't know what's going on, but it's whatever. People <laughs> um, want vengeance. But because of, <laughs> yeah, but because of that, we've already, we've been, like, kind of revisiting um a while ago i watched all the cut scenes from all the dcau video games and mm-hmm. wrote down like any notes of like oh well this can't be canon because blah 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 or oh nothing contradicts and whatever sure um so it, for, for let me bring it up here I, pl- I had batman vengeance on my computer i played that oh back in the day when i was a kid. um batman vengeance let's see i have them all listed here i had so... rise of Sinzu on my gamecube <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never, I never had any of these games. I, I think I either didn't know they existed until too late, or I didn't have the console. I only had like an N sixty four until like high school. So, um, so <laughs> I have um, one of our like columns of information that we write down when we're going through all these comics and shows and whatever is non canon. So I just have like little notes for things that might be questionably non-canon about stuff. Mm-hmm. And the only things that I have for Batman Vengeance are um, Mary, who is this girl that I, I get, I think it turns out to be Harley Quinn in disguise. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's like trying to get Batman to help her or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Exactly, That's right. But, That's right. Um, she has a portrait of Thomas and Martha Wayne in her apartment, but I think that's probably just a like reused asset or something that they just tossed in there. It doesn't really mean anything potentially. Um, and then Batman calls the Batwing the Batplane, um, but we've talked about that before. That uh, it's just like it's kind of back and forth. Some of the model sheets say Batplane, some say Batwing. They refer to it as Batwing several times in the show, but I think a couple times they've said Batplane. So. Um, but there's nothing else in this one that is like, oh, that's obviously wrong. Um, is there about... any evidence about like where to fit it in terms of seasons or year? Or... Like obviously it's right new now. Batman adventures because of the the art style. Um, so it could be anywhere from like ninety eight to I yeah. I'm trying to. Th- I'm looking at our other clues column. Um, there's. I mean, it's obviously TNBA era. Um, Batgirl is in the game, so it's got to be at least after she um, you know, becomes an like an official partner of Batman or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Freeze is in this game. Yeah. Um, as like a main villain that you fight. Um, and his like reveal or his like reintroduction um, post Sub Zero is definitely in uh, his, the Cold Comfort episode. So this would have to be after, after that, that. But Mr. Freeze's arc is very like strict. Um, mm-hmm. Same with Clayface. I, for some reason, I thought that this, that we were talking about um, Rise of Sinzu, which is not. Um, which is also hard to place because of, of Clayface because he's in it and Clayface has like a right. definite, I was this and then I was this and then I was this. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's kind of ambiguous. What I was going to get to with these video games, because we also, um, Jacob Johnson, he's he's um, 
been on we've talked about his stuff a couple times he's he wrote in about what about this little thing and it's superman shadow of apocalypse which is another i had that one on gamecube i never Um, i've never played well i played superman 64 never owned it it's the worst it's known for being one of the worst (laughs) games ever shadow of apocalypse is kind of a sequel so it's not Mm -hmm. much better (laughs) so the interesting thing is there's shadow of apocalypse um, and then the next year, a prequel video game, Countdown to Apocalypse, came out. Oh. Um, and Countdown is not canon, but Shadow might be. <laughs> hmm. um, and I only say that because um, Shadow of Apocalypse doesn't have like anything that happens in it that would be like, oh, nope, can't can't do that or whatever. Yeah, it's a but, lot of inner um, gang, from what I remember. You're just fighting inner yeah, gang a lot. So. Like Countdown, I have. Um, Bruno Mannheim doesn't know who Kanto is when he like they met in their like first episode. Um, The Space Needle is in Metropolis. Lois Lane is reporting on camera like a TV newswoman. Um, The SCU speaks to Superman on a frequency only he can hear, but it's not Dan Turpin and they've never done that in the show before. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so like we're going to be doing videos, long story short, I guess, on these video games eventually. and right now I don't have a ton to say about where they take place or anything. I just know that we figured out like, oh, this one is not canon for sure because of these really glaring, obvious things that they didn't like. Like there's a couple Justice League Game Boy games that came out that are just like, yeah, I played this whoever create. Yeah. Whoever like wrote the story for the game just went like, who's a character on the show? Who's a bad guy? Mongol? Right. Okay. Despero? Okay. <laughs> well, I remember just put him in there. There were two. Um, And the second one in particular was like it had eclipso and stuff and yeah, like yeah. like doing stuff that you know in, in the cartoon like the that general who was eclipso was only yeah. that very momentarily right yeah yeah um and then i think amazo had something in that game that like made it not canon because his story is also very right. strict so, like you said like yeah. he leaves for space and then when he comes back it's for the return um mm-hmm. little things like that but yeah so there's not a lot to that we can really talk about right now with it. But um, I mean, I would say that both of those shadow of apocalypse and vengeance are canon. As far as we can tell, Um, we have like a document. You can find it in the description of our Luthor for president video that we might do a full video on just the contents of that document. (laughs) Eventually Um, that is a like, you know, how, how, what's the, what's the, in our opinion, the best way to, create the timeline like what what do you what do you determine as canon yeah Yeah. how do you how do you how do you determine what's canon what's not um and obviously that's just our way of doing it but we figure we try to be as open to things being canon as possible but you know some things just like we're talking about like yeah just eclipso is there like innocent until proven guilty right Right, exactly that's what (laughs) i always say with these so yeah um and then our last thing is uh, Jacob Johnson again. He says, what is your guys' pitch for the Justice League reunion movie? Mm. Um, I've thought about this a little bit. Me too, um, a little I don't bit. Have like a, an exa- I don't have like a full plot, but I know, you know, with Batman and Harley Quinn, it was kind of, beside, you know, they had the plot of the Floronic Man, Poison Ivy stuff, but then they, most of the movie is just kind of like, oh, remember this guy? Remember this thing that happens? Mm-hmm. Look, it's the Batwing and all that stuff. So I think when they do, when they inevitably do a Justice League one, I think 
there's got to be a good balance of that kind of stuff with just you know them using all their superpowers because that's what everyone wants to see. Mm-hmm. If they did a whole movie where John Jones is just on the Watchtower, <laughs> that everybody would be like, "What the heck?" <laughs> you know, John is actually one of the only characters who I could see not coming back for the reunion because Carl yeah. Lumbly. I mean, yeah, he's on social media or anything, but he's <clears> the only one who's not really been right uh, vocal about pushing it. it yeah yeah even though andrea romano has said she'll come out of retirement to mm-hmm. cast it um and to direct it and then obviously all the the other original yeah. members of the league you know batman flash i think Superman, carl Emily would probably do it just because he's, yeah. he was on supergirl as john's dad and uh, stuff like cool. that like he's not mm-hmm. he's, he's not, not unreachable like, yeah and he's not like opposed to that genre or something like mm-hmm. i like when um Hugo Weaving played Red Skull and then never wanted to do Red Skull oh, yeah. again. I don't think it's that kind of situation. Sure. Um, but you can tell that he's not as enthusiastic about it. Like a couple of years ago, they had that panel at a comic con where they all read from some sort of script. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael Rosenbaum wasn't there, but the rest were. And everybody else had, you know, Kevin Conroy hams it up all the time. Everybody else seemed like they really <laughs> wanted to be there. But Carl Lumbly was just like, I am reading Jean's lines and I don't care at all. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of depressing actually. But, oh. um, well, I he'd probably do it though. I would, I definitely like to see all the original seven members back. Um, and yeah. I, I do see this reunion movie being set after the last episode of JLU. So right. hopefully it's been a few years later. Maybe we see John Stewart and uh, share a whole, um, in a committed relationship, maybe she's even pregnant now with Warhawk. That could be kind of a cool allusion to Batman Beyond, although that wouldn't be necessary. See, I think these are things fans want. Yeah. And, but, that they won't actually do. Right. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think they're too scared to either mess up their own you know, continuity mm-hmm. or they don't necessarily want to do something that you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That sounds bad, but like Batman and Harley Quinn is very standalone. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's not, probably wasn't even intended to be set, you know, between seasons of Justice League Unlimited, like yeah. it turns out to be. <laughs> so, Well, I would like to personally see more Amanda Waller. Um, I feel yeah. like she was established so well in JLU that it would be almost like a crime not to have her back, you know, mm-hmm. because, um, even the epilogue, like she was just placed on this pedestal, made her a really important character for the Justice League. So if she was there, like maybe working with Argus and like doing some like planetary sort of, this could even just be like, um, a, you know, a quick opening intro sort of mm-hmm. segment. But like, I'd like to see the Justice League on like a very planetary scale working with Waller and Argus or whatever government entity doing yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, I can see... See, I see my like mm-hmm. plot pitch revolved around something because I think that most people, what most people want to see is those main seven yeah. characters interacting with each other again, and not necessarily doing yeah. something super mm-hmm. amazing, but just they just want more of that. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think you could do something. This is a little too war worldy, I think. But if you did something where, like, oh, all seven people are captured and brought to like a gladiator arena where they have to fight, you know, mm-hmm. random. Oh, look, it's Starro. <laughs> no, not Starro, but you know, just like uh, random villains that they fought that could yeah, be a, yeah. a match to, that have also been captured. Like, Oh, Grodd was floating out in space or something. <laughs> we grabbed idea. it. <laughs> but that, like, uh, yeah. 
But just I was going to say, I, I would like some multiverse stuff, some crisis yeah. level multiverse things. So it could be like they do the plot of Convergence, which is kind of like what you said. They're plucked and put into a yeah. gladiator scenario, except it's with each other, <laughs> with each other from parallel worlds, yeah, which is yeah. exactly what they did in Convergence. So it could be our main DCAU. Maybe we see Justice League action. Maybe yeah, we see Super Titans. Friends. <laughs> that would be really crazy. But it could be like yeah. Brave New Metropolis, Justice Lords, um, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Um, maybe even like Gotham by Gaslight or like the Red Rain, Vampire Batman, and like random stuff like that. Yeah. But it, it is kind of yeah. weird because making a B- BTAS new movie like Batman and Harley Quinn, it's it's gonna be BTAS level scale. Like you, you know, it's a lot more down to earth story. It, but like with Justice League, you have to always create some sort of something bigger, giant thing for them to fight. Mm. Like either yeah. a literal giant thing or a yeah, like a huge <laughs> problem. Um, I was and... gonna say I'd like to see the Legion of Doom, but like that was done in season th- yeah. the last season of JLU, and then we've also kind of seen that in Justice League Doom. Where the yeah. voice cast got back together and there was another team of villains to. I've mentioned this uh, before, but I definitely just want this to be not necessarily small scale, but something that does not affect the greater mm-hmm. universe. Um, well, I only because you're greedy. <clears throat> you're greedy, well, and you're doing uh, yeah, the webcomic about it. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, there's that. There's that aspect for sure. I think it's more for me just that. Batman and Harley Quinn treads the line of accidentally retconning mm-hmm. something constantly. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I, I feel like if they did like a, you know, JLU, something like set during JLU, that that would be safe enough because they already know what's going on during that time or something. Mm-hmm. It would just have to, but that would also have to be something that isn't big enough that they wouldn't have referenced it in the show, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's a tricky balance. Um, yeah, it would it would be it, it would be kind of fun, even though they did it with the crisis on two Earths, but to do an in between Justice League and Justice League Unlimited where you can focus on the main seven because I guess you can't focus on hot girl, though. I guess she wouldn't be part of it. Um, well, I so think she would. Kind of, She's been included work. on all the, the recent panels and stuff with all the other Maria. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, like set between jail and JLU. Oh yeah. So this is yeah. after Starcross, but before she comes back. So she that makes I mean sense. she could be in it. Maybe she could be in it and then they just have some weird memory wipe thing that happens at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so that no one remembers yeah. that that happened. <laughs> it could be set and then Batgirl the, the wakes up in a bed. series. Could be pre Starcross. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that might be a good way to do it because you see plenty of times in JLU that like stuff happened during Justice League that you never actually saw mm-hmm. like old videotapes of things happening or them referencing some villain we didn't actually see them fight and stuff yeah. like that so I yeah. doubt that though I think it's going to be firmly after JLU Probably. but yeah. we'll see Yeah, I mean maybe Batman and Harley Quinn was even intended to be after JLU in like Bruce Timm's head or something but whatever um, <laughs> it's all I just hope that they don't I hope they try harder. If you you should watch, yeah, uh, if you're yeah. listening, you should watch my uh, Batman and Harley Quinn review on our channel, um, Watchtower Database, because I talk about that for like half the video. Where if they're going to return to this universe, you know, treat it with respect, do your homework, mm-hmm. uh, be intentional. It's 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 impossible to please everybody, but I think it's going to be it would be better than just going like, 
Uh, I didn't rewatch any episodes. I don't remember anything. Let's just dive into a script, and well, no one will care. They just want to see Kevin Conroy again. <laughs> so, yeah, true. Um, oh, well, cool. That'll happen. I think it's inevitable. We'll get it soon. Yeah, I think that'll happen for sure. I just, I, I, I still wonder what Susan Eisenberg was talking about when we talked to her, and she was like, "Oh, something big's coming. You guys are gonna love it." And then I, every, every time something DCAU happens, I ask her like, well, "Was it that?" And she's obviously, like, nope, not yet. it's the Lego Aquaman movie where she wears <laughs> Mira. <laughs> yep, we're real excited about that. All right. Okay. Is that all we got? Well, we should, yeah, I think we should probably get out of here. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, we get this podcast out every other Monday. Uh, this is on iTunes and the Watchtower Database channel. I was also going to mention Ted every Wednesday puts out in a comic relief I do. Um, post on our social media. It's a comic. I'm so relieved. <laughs> That's the second verse. Um, either see, either I'll, I'll make a um, I'll make Adam write a. Uh, you know, don't, don't make him go do behind that. that, or you just sing that every single time. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, if you if you enjoyed this podcast or any of the videos and you, that you see on the channel, share them with your friends. Uh, tell people about us and how how cool we are. Tell all your friends about me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's my Batman where voice. The other where were the other drugs going? Um, tell all your friends. <laughs> It's two different movies, I think. <laughs> Where's Rachel? So speaking of Adam Mullen, he's our composer. Uh, he's on musica-atomica.com. He writes the opening themes you hear on all these videos, Vanishing Point, 12th Level Intellects, Watchtower videos, etc. Um, there's no t- Trivia Tuesdays theme yet, but there probably won't be. Um, it's Tuesday. It's time for trivia. <laughs> <laughs> that, see you're all you're really good at this you need adam i'm just kidding adam. uh we're on social media at dcau watchtower uh that's where you can send us things that you want us to talk about or you can also email us at info at watchtower database.com we also have contact form on the um legacies website. website and that's uh legacies dcau.com that's our webcomic we have videos out on the YouTube channel every week, twice a week. You got Sunday, Thursday, and then Monday, Tuesday. This is the Monday, so tomorrow we got Trivia Tuesdays. How's that theme go again, Ted? It's Tuesday, time for trivia. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of this. Subscribe. Um, yeah, you should subscribe to the channel, though, so that, you can, so that you can hear lots more cool little songs. Yes. Um, you can also check us some coffee money on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash JTS Entertainment. We're going to be changing up the uh, the perks, the, the reward mm-hmm. tiers kind of soon. And I have a lot of ideas for that that I'll be emailing Ted because he needs me to email him because he's too busy. Weird. Um, <laughs> too busy for Facebook then, Messenger. Sure. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, Maddie deleted his Facebook and then was like, oh, no, Messenger will be fine. And then he had to create a new Messenger account, so all of his past messages to me are lost to him forever. Um, That's it. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, We'll see you in two weeks, or you'll hear us in two weeks. We won't see you at all, and you won't see us either. Nope. That's Which is good. Do you want to see what's the the end of the podcast song, Ted? I don't know if that's a song, but you need to put your pants back on. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast. Okay, bye. All right. <laughs>